Great. Uh, welcome to episode nine of MBS Virtual. I'm your host, Dirk Reentz, founder and event chair of MBS. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We've hosted over 25 in-person events throughout the world in the past five years. Uh, given the current environment, we've launched this online virtual series to keep our MBS community connected. For those of you that have not attended any of our in-person or these virtual events, our goal is pretty simple. We want to continue to push the industry forward by bringing marketers together to discuss the challenges and opportunities in mobile, digital, and technology, network, and learn from each other. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, please uh, give us a follow and feel free to share anything you heard today. You can use the hashtag MBSVirtual and we'll be share, sure to share it with our network as well. You can also visit our YouTube page to listen to any of our previous episodes, including this one today. Uh, I encourage all of you to submit any questions you might have for our speaker and we'll be sure to address those at the end of the interview. Uh, lastly, I uh, want to thank Garrett and the Cochava team for their support. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Garrett McDonald from Cochava and Maurice James from T-Mobile. Uh, Garrett and Maurice, welcome and thanks for joining us today. Thank Hello, you. Thank you. Garrett, yeah, I'll thank you. turn it over to you to give us an overview of Cochava to start. Cool. Yeah. For those that don't know, Kachava is the leading attribution analytics and optimization technology platform. We're a full stack marketing and advertising solution for acquisition and re-engagement. Uh, and we're the host of the world's largest independent mobile data marketplace and targeting platform. We provide a, a full stack solution for secure real-time uh, data solutions to help brands establish their customer identity and define and activate uh, audiences and then measure and optimize all aspects of their marketing efforts. Uh, we developed the, the unified audience platform to facilitate better outcomes for marketers, whether it be acquisition or re-engagement. And we've mapped our technology solutions to the workflow of a marketer with both data management and onboarding capabilities, as well as uh, cross device and fully configurable attribution. Uh, multi-dimensional analytics, uh, personalization and engagement technologies to really enhance that user experience, and then industry-leading real-time fraud mitigation automation along with data enrichment. Uh, we have a history and a culture of customer-driven innovation where we're really dedicated to data security and privacy, and we've developed the most powerful tools in the ecosystem to help marketers navigate all these sea change tectonic events in advertising that seem to happen every six to eight months in our industry. Um, for those on, on the call uh, joining us from around the world, you know, there's been a lot of changes uh, in, in advertising over the last you know, several years, over the last eight years, particularly increasing over the last six months. Uh, and, and we're the trusted system of record for these top brands who rely on our technology to harness their data for growth. In fact, 10 out of the top 10 apps use Kochava and apps that use Kochava earn five times more revenue than apps that use other measurement vendors. And with that, I'm pleased to introduce Maurice James, Senior Director of Integrated Marketing at T-Mobile. Hi, hi, Maurice. It's been a while since we've caught up, but we go way back, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to chat with you today. I know. Good to, good to talk with you again, Garrett. Welcome, everybody, for everyone that's on the call. 
Thank you. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, T-Mobile and Sprint have officially merged after a couple previous attempts. They finally made it happen this past April in a $30 billion merger that makes T-Mobile neck and neck with Verizon and AT&T roughly equal in terms of subscriber base. And just a couple days ago, Mike Sievert, the company's new CEO, just announced that T the T-Mobile brand has, has officially claimed control of the combined entity, retiring the 120-year-old iconic brand of Sprint. Uh, the Sprint history is super long but not forgotten as the new and improved T-Mobile embarks on this next chapter. And despite these challenging times that we're all experiencing, a very, a very bright future lies ahead for the company with a rich culture and unique history of its own that I'm super excited to talk with Maurice about today. Uh, Maurice started his career in the energy industry, uh, you know, doing, doing various uh, marketing initiatives, and he's led teams with tier one brands like Microsoft and JP Morgan Chase. And the balance of his professional career has been leading strategic marketing initiatives in the telco space with industry giants like AT&T and T-Mobile, among others. And throughout your career, Maurice, there's always been some philanthropic or social or cultural commitment that we're gonna unpack today. Um, I, I'm really excited to chat. Uh, you know, you've been with T-Mobile for, for over three years now. Tell us a little bit more about your background, your current role, and, and what, what really made you join the T-Mobile team. Yeah, thanks for that, Garrett. You're super kind on that introduction. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Made me feel pretty good. I was like, "Who's that guy he's talking about?" Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's been a great ride. 22 years with AT and T in uh, various and sundry roles. Loved, loved, loved that time uh, being spent um, with um, AT and T. Learned a ton. Product marketing, um, advertising, customer relationship management, operations whole host of roles, including um, a four-year stint working with them in South Africa, helping to privatize uh, Telcom, which was the uh, parastatal, if you will, uh, at the time, working to help them demonopolize uh, themselves. It was an amazing, amazing time. Um, as I began thinking about my career, um, though, um, AT&T began really shifting its focused, uh, focus into the video world. Um, and the emphasis while getting into that new line of business was be seemingly becoming less and less um, on the customer. So one of the things that really attracted me to T-Mobile was this um, fearless, um, literally we use the word obsessed um, and we really mm -hmm. do mean it, obsession around customer, making it right for uh, the customer, doing good for the customer. Um, and it's been a great, great, great um, uh, wild ride. I've spent, again, to your point, about three years, a little over three years with T-Mobile. I'm starting with my passion, which is around customers, so leading a customer management team. From there, I led an integrated marketing team. And as a result of the merger, um, right as we were closing the deal officially with Sprint a few months ago, um, we decided that we need to be not just a bigger com company, you'll hear that language, but a better one. Um, and so we begin to throw ourselves into um, the world of philanthropy, um, but with, uh, but I'll call it the philanthropy with um, a purpose as opposed to philanthropy for philanthropy's sake. And because of my um, external uh, 
working. I feel like it's my second um, full-time job <laughs> serving on a couple of boards um, outside of uh, T-Mobile. They were like, this dude Maurice has got to be, uh, got to be the, in the seat helping to drive some of this. So it's been a, an exciting ride for the last couple of three months, uh, getting this work off the ground. Yeah. So let's talk about Sprint. Uh, yeah. I might not have shared this with you, but I'm super qualified to, to talk about that as a, <laughs> a decorated former salesperson at Nextel from 2000 to 2005 on the run up to the you know, $35 billion acquisition by Sprint. Nice. So we've known each other for a while, but in a lot of ways, we're, we're like family, Maurice. Um, um, and, and you know, Sprint being born out of the, the you know, railroad uh, business, um, you know, the name Sprint, many people don't know, Southern Pacific Railroad Internet, internal, internal, sorry, networking, telecommunications, pretty- There's a mouthful. Um, in 2004, they merged with Nextel to be more competitive. They found that the Nextel phones didn't work on Sprint uh, network and vice versa. And so customers started to churn and eventually Sprint wrote down the acquisition and shuttered the Nextel brand. But, you know, T-Mobile and Sprint are also on different network infrastructures, but there's a ton of differences with this acquisition. Perhaps the biggest one is that T-Mobile already has the experience with those large scale systems integrations and interoperability um, with its acquisition of Metro PCS back in 2012. And so I'd love to hear more from you about the acquisition. I mean, this is a, a piece of American history and now T-Mobile has the asset, the combined asset. Um, what's the plan? What can you share with us about the combined entity uh, and how you're going to embark on this next phase of hypergrowth? Um, it is um, super, super exciting. You know, there, one of the things I love about um, this merger is that as we um, unpack coming together um, and do so um, ever more increasingly every single day is the amount of compatibility that there are between um, the two companies. Lots of areas where um, Sprint is really, really strong. Um, lots of areas where T-Mobile is really, really strong. And the good news is that um, where we've got opportunities, we each are strong in those respective opportunity um, areas. Um, I love the way that Neville talks about um, the idea of 5G. And I'm you know, not profess to be a, um, uh, a technocrat at all whatsoever. So enough, I know enough to be dangerous as it relates to uh, networking and technology. But I love his analogy of um, the, the wedding cake, if you will. Mm -hmm. There are different layers, if you will, to the evolution of building on a 5G network. And if we had the um, base of the, um, uh, of the cake um, as it, at its most expansive um, uh, undertaking, if you will, and, and Sprint had the very top, with like mixtures of each of us having mixtures of pieces in the middle. Um, that's how I describe it. Um, the combination of the two companies um, allow us to have the full cake as opposed to pieces of the cake, which a number of other carriers um, have. So again, this layered effect of um, 5G um, being um, uh, kind of the way you build, if you will, that technology Mm -hmm. um, is um, super important. And it's really hard in this world where capital dollars um, are not, um, you know, love to have as many as we 
you know, people would love to have more money than they actually have. Capital dollars being restricted, um, governmental spectrum um, being uh, limited. You, you do what you can with what you got. Um, and so this idea of merging these two companies together to take, um, to, to match, you know, the pieces of the cake that they had with the pieces of the cake that we had to create a more full, um, fully baked cake um, is what you'll, what you'll see. So it allows us to very um, rapidly accelerate um, our foray into the 5G world um, faster, of course, than either of us could do um, on our own. And again, when I think about the network capabilities, um, very complimentary. So if, if, again, if you think about the three-layer, a three-layer cake, um, we didn't both have the bottom layer and neither of us had the top two layers. And we had combinations of that cake that when you put them together, fit very, very nicely. So very little overlap, very little um, du duplication, um, but the marriage of the, of the two really helps to create, again, the more fully baked cake. So we're really excited uh, about the uh, acceleration and the momentum that that gives us right out the gate. Right. So let's talk about that a little further. So the, the standalone network just launched, I think it was like in the last couple of days, um, and, and I think all of us in advertising think, you know, we have a pretty good idea of what benefits uh, 5G will bring to our, you know, consumer experiences, to our own, you know, personal uh, browsing habits, you know, with faster speeds and, and uh, lighter pockets and all of that sort of thing. But like, how, how is this really going to impact our industry from your, from your perspective? You, you picked up on one of them. There's probably four. I mean, when I think about it, um, and I, again, not the techno wizard at all whatsoever. So I think totally in terms of consumer application for um, this, this network. One of which is that you just pointed out um, is just faster speeds. You know, the ability to go faster. Um, I was explaining this to my grandmother who um, bought her um, first smartphone <laughs> last week. Um, and it's funny that you, know, you still think, you know, like that who doesn't have a smartphone these days? And my grandmother didn't until a week ago. And she said, I don't understand this. They were talking about a 3G phone and a 4G phone, and then there's this 5G phone. They gave me all these options. I didn't understand it. Is it simpler that three, the five is faster than three? And I was like, if you want to oversimplify it, Granny, yeah. <laughs> that's the way to think about it, right? The right. so 5G, it does. It opens up, um, if you will, um, the... Uh, the, the, the network, this highway again, it, you know, instead of a four lane highway, it gives you a six lane highway that more room allows you to go faster than when you would if you're compressed to four lanes. So that's one of the benefits. The other that I'd say is this idea, and we talk about this sometimes um, around latency. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, you, 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 you know, again, wireless technology is the same as it was 20 years ago, same basic concept. One tower has to connect to the next tower as you're kind of cruising, if you will, through um, through the city. The ability to, for those to connect more rapidly um, will, um, as a result of the advent of 5G technology, will um, limit some of that spacing, for lack of a better term, that kind of um, lowers, if you will, the latency rates that we see today. It won't happen immediately, but over time, that'll be a huge, a huge benefit. The other one I'd say is around um, as we get into more virtual and artificial um, reality, um, th that th those new services, those new applications um, will require um, a new level of, uh, of, of technology, quite honestly, at its um, core in order to enable uh, new services to be born. I liken it to the days of 
on the 3G to 4G conversation where video becomes the big advent that allows the Hulus and the streamings and all these other things that we do today that we take for granted in a lot of cases to be the new things that are possible in tomorrow's world. And then the last one I like to think of is this kind of this idea of taking smart devices and connecting them all up. So this idea of being able to um, in, in real time fashion, be able to turn the sprinkler on from a remote device um, in some, you know, um, uh, farming complex 300 miles away to fire up the water um, because it could tell that the, the ground needs a little watering in a, on a farm, you know, 200 miles away. Mm -hmm. um, being able to do, um, you got a speeding ticket in LA, you know, and you want to show up in court. <laughs> Um, to fight that ticket, you know, how do we create these opportunities for like kind of real time in the moment opportunities to just hop on a call, have a conversation with a judge, clear up the ticket and be be done. Um, so, so when I think about the idea of connecting these smarter devices, it has much more of a commercial application to them than a consumer application, but we'll see things like the consumable application of that. Um, being able to be at the grocery store and being able to visually look into my refrigerator to remind myself whether I need mayonnaise or ketchup um, mm -hmm. without having to kind of run back home to check the refrigerator. Those things which we kind of do today will become really more second nature to us uh, tomorrow. So I think it's, again, like, um, like every new technology, the opportunities are endless. Um, and I think it just creating a platform for, for really smart people to be able to do even smarter things. Um, is what uh, the excitement is around uh, this new 5G technology. Yeah, and for for those on the call, Neville Ray, I believe, is the uh, the person that you were referencing earlier with the layer cake. Uh, yeah, analogy. and I think he's the head of technology for all of T-Mobile, right? He is. That is the man. The man. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to read more about that, Neville Ray. Uh, and then let's talk about customers because as we talked, as you talked about, and as Steve pointed out, this is a much different uh, acquisition than some of Sprint's history. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of synergies. There are very few duplications. The areas where there are synergies makes you even stronger to tackle those new kind of uh, open opportunities that you're going after over the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. So your background specifically around relational uh, relationship marketing, customer experience, uh, churn reduction, mitigation, all those sorts of things are super critical to the business. Um, help us understand the growth strategy and then how that dovetails with, you know, churn mitigation strategies in this next chapter. Yeah, I have to tell you, I was really, I was sort of disappointed <laughs> about being moved. Uh, to this new role because the world of customer becomes even bigger um, in this merger. Um, I have to tell you, not a lot of uh, complication in the date in the customer basis between the two uh, companies. There isn't a whole segment of folk that we that that Sprint um, has as a part of their uh, customer makeup that's very drastically different than ours. I will tell you that the opportunity for us is to slow what you just said, Garrett, the um, churn rate associated with the base at Sprint. Um, again, in a world where you're on these for sale block, um, if you will, um, 
customers, you know, get a little skittish. You don't have the mm -hmm. capital dollars. You don't have the resources, if you will, to keep up with the demands of customers um, as you're working your way toward um, being sold um, to, or, or merging, if you will, with uh, another organization. Mm -hmm. And so the opportunity for us is really to make sure that we're extending the, all the great work, all the great customer policies, all the great network, all the experiences, again, that we enable for our T-Mobile base with our Sprint base. And so it becomes a really exciting time for us to expose um, our Sprint base to, um, uh, to the goodness, if you will, that is um, T-Mobile. Mm -hmm. um, I get super excited about a lot of the comments, if you will, that we're getting from the, I call it the small things, but for Sprint customers, it's a huge thing. Less than a month ago, we unlocked ahead of our official um, bringing together a, from a naming convention perspective, the two companies, um, we introduced um, T-Mobile Tuesdays, which is a hallmark of our customer experience um, with our existing customers to our Sprint base. Mm -hmm. um, over a million and a half customers in less than a month have already gravitated, not just gravitated, but they're actively in there engaging um, on a weekly basis with offerings that we're making available. So you see the sparkle um, in the eye based on the language and the words that we're seeing show up in social, the commentary that we're getting in some of our owned channels, um, which creates a lot of, um, uh, uh, you know, creates a, a really good feeling for us that, gosh, we're on the right trajectory with a base of customers who thought that we're, um, you know, not getting the best experience ever. The other thing is that, well, it'll take us a while. You guys can understand this world of conversion, customers from one billing and network platform over to another billing and network platform. But we're already in a number of key areas across the country beginning to um, turn up T-Mobile towers um, in lieu of Sprint Towers for the Sprint base. So almost immediately um, in places like um, New York and some places in the Midwest, some places um, West California as examples or certain parts of California, they're already beginning to realize the benefit of the T-Mobile um, network um, with faster speeds, if you will, greater connection, um, which is already improving their experience. So it becomes really exciting for us that um, as we more and more, do more and more, if you will, with that sprint base, reduce the, um, the, the churn that we see, that we've seen historically um, with that base, um, we, we see our um, base growing as a result of um, uh, retention of the sprint base. But the other thing that um, we're super excited about is that the market is really responding, even in this depressed uh, economy, this uncertainty that we're all going through right now. Um, it was a big um, win for us to um, close the deal with Sprint. People are going, gosh, maybe they are, they're not that company that I used to know them as. And so let me give them a try. So we're opening ourselves up to people that didn't consider us before as a result of this merger. Um, and so far the response has been amazing and we really, we can't be, um, can't be um, happier, quite honestly. Yeah. So for, I'm going to make an association here and hope that it works, but um, there's going to be a lot of consolidation and a lot of acquisitions over the next 12 to 18 months in advertising mm. uh, with a lot of the privacy changes that have been announced. Uh, I think that's going to, for, we think that's going to further, you know, increase the velocity of some of those acquisitions. And so if you think about the customer bases and the demographics of those customers potentially being different between T-Mobile and Sprint, 
what is the Venn? You know, what are the similarities? What, where, where do they overlap? Are there any similarities? And how, how do marketers that are joining us today, how, how do they prepare for, you know, uh, customer acquisition um, in, in these types of, you know, acquisition environments? Gosh, that's a, um, trying to think about like how I would answer that one, Garrett. Um, double click in there for me. I want to make sure I'm getting the heart of the question. Yeah. So like you mentioned that the T-Mobile customer profile is, is it could be quite different from the demographics or the profile of a Sprint customer. And so now the companies are coming together. What is the overlap? What are the similarities and how do you kind of, you know, not exploit, but how do you, how do you really, you know, capitalize on those similarities to grow the customer base? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, uh, let's, see how, let's see if I try this one. Um, th there's a lot more similarity than dissimilarity. Let me start there. So if I misstated that, um, let me correct that. A lot more similarity than dissimilarity um, between the two. Increasingly, the idea of um, value for money becomes even more critically important um, to both uh, bases of customer. Um, and I think that people are defining um, value a little differently than perhaps they have in the past, where price, which will always be a component of that um, evaluation, um, begins to erode a little bit um, by nature of the fact that um, service becomes um, equally as becomes a growing component of, of the relationship anymore. Um, you know, the, the, com the, 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 the luxury of wireless, um, which has lost its cachet over the last several years, um, is taking a backseat to, I want to make sure that I'm getting a good deal, good price, good services, and I'm getting something a little extra. I like to use the word land yet. That's in terms of both experience, uh, customer experience. It's in terms of um, how we treat you um, outside of um, the billing environment, um, new products and services that we make available to you. I love this idea of more for same. You know, one of the things that we have envisaged as a part of the coming together of the two companies is how do we make sure that we continue to give you more um, but not charge you more for it so that it enhances your experience as opposed to um, gives you more opportunity to spend more money with us necessarily. And we'll always take more money from you if you want to buy new stuff uh, from right. us. But we've got this heart for, gosh, we ought to be using this network to make more stuff available to our customers that further engenders them um, to us. And we think that that engendering, one, creates stickier, stickiness, if you will, with the customers that we have. And we think that the more we give for the same price that we give it to you begins to attract, if you will, new entrants, if you will, new customers, if you will, uh, to the to the new T-Mobile. So you'll see us doing a lot more focus on experiences. A couple of weeks ago, um, we announced um, Scam Shield, which some of you guys might have seen. It's kind of stuff that we're talking about doing. How do we take some of the nuanceical, the, 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 um, the nuisance, um, uh, uh, nuisance experiences that customers have, remove some of those crazy things, make the experience better, but not charge people more for it. But again, focused on making the experience better. You're going to see us do much more of that kind of stuff. The admin of 5G gives us the opportunity to do that 
um, surely. But I think as we think more about the coming together of the Sprint base and the T-Mobile base, there's just a flood of opportunities that keep coming up, coming up to us on a daily, weekly basis. Ours is to prioritize because we can't do it all uh, at once. Um, but you'll see us begin to roll more and more things out like the work that you saw us release a couple weeks ago with ScamShield um, in the coming weeks and months. Got it. Yeah. So let's talk about acquisitions. There's been a lot of uh, acquisitions or companies that have been acquired, um, ad tech companies that have been acquired by carriers. For example, T-Mobile acquired Pushbring a couple years ago. Uh, and we won't talk about the competitors if you don't want to, but what are your thoughts on these acquisitions and how have they you know, really been strategic to the business? What do you see going forward in that space? Like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, gosh, you, you, I'm going to speak out of school if I give too much um, fodder to that, um, Gary, but let me give it um, a whirl. I, I think as we, again, in the world where um, we want to expand services and experiences for our customers, some of those partnerships become really important. Again, we won't do it all ourselves. Um, don't have the capital dollars, don't have the resources, don't have some of the smarts in, all, in some of the cases to do all of that work. So those partnerships become really, really um, critical to us, one, to create new um, services and experiences for customers, um, but not uh, try to own it end to end um, for ourselves. We have a lot to do, um, um, though, with the merger of um, the merger, if you will, between Sprint and T-Mobile. So I don't think you'll see us spend, spend a lot of time. Um, uh, you, you, I don't think you'll see us um, making you know, big announcements and, and lots of them surely um, in the short term um, as we focus on really trying to get the um, two companies fully integrated, uh, merged experiences tight across both um, uh, organizations. Um, and with an eye toward what the right new services that we'll make available to both customer bases. And we'll be smart about what those partnerships um, look like and what they bring to bear. Um, so they, might not, they may not start happening in rapid fire out the gate, um, but give it a year or so. And I think you'll begin to see us um, make some, some even bigger announcements again, all with an eye toward creating new experiences um, and offering new services to customers um, as we continue to grow uh, and evolve as a um, new T-Mobile, if you will. Gotcha. So you've had a, a history of having a you know, pretty unconventional CEO that liked to push the boundaries. How does that you know, bleed into the culture of T-Mobile? The new CEO was hired by the former CEO, now takes over as the you know, fearless leader of this company, this combined effort. How are things going so far and, and how is he applying his leadership skills to, to really rally the troops around this acquisition? Yeah, I have to tell you, I, I am so impressed with Mike Siebert. You know, I got to know him um, at AT&T. This world is really small. <laughs> so when he was the chief marketing officer um, at AT&T prior to the AT&T singular merger, um, he, so he's been around for a long time. He's super, super, super smart. What's really interesting is that um, I've gotten that question, ironically, um, a couple of times before, and it's so funny to think about 
like Mike Secret is all Mike Secret has always been in the driver's seat. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> kind of like you just you've just seen you know you've just seen a lot more of John um, right. in his days. Mike has been um, in the background working this machine like nobody's business. When I think about our uncarrier moves, um, that is the work of Mike Sievert. Um, you see the flash, um, the big pink leather jacket, the magenta leather jacket, and the long hair and the rock star um, on stage um, being the, the showman, if you will, but the smarts and the brains has always been Mike Sievert. So for us, it's kind of like we don't, we haven't missed or skipped a beat. It's kind of more um, of the same. He's been there. Um, he's been doing an amazing job as our new CEO. I'm super, I cannot be more excited um, about his leadership. Um, he's super compassionate. He is, um, um, he listens. Um, he is thoughtful in his response. And again, like I said, the things that you see us doing on a daily basis is just more of the same because he's been mm -hmm. that guy that's been leading us through a lot of the things that you saw in the last couple of years of John's tenure. Um, it's just now you get to see Mike at the helm of the organization. So it's been great. It's, um, mm -hmm. I don't think anybody could be uh, any happier. We're super stoked and super um, uh, excited to have him at the helm of the organization. That's great. So culture has always been an important, uh, you know, part of the history of T-Mobile. And you've always been, as I mentioned, you know, quite philanthropic in your own efforts, devoting your time to various, um, you know, cultural or communal or social good initiatives, whether it be organizations or individuals, helping younger generations and creating opportunities to succeed. Like, how do you see the two cultures uh, of the company coming together? And then what are some of the new things that you're working on at T-Mobile uh, around that cor corporate social responsibility? Yeah, I, what's super exciting um, is that uh, as we, we, we we're just finishing uh, some company culture work, ironically, right now. Uh, and when you look at the culture um, as pinned to paper for Sprint and T-Mobile prior to the merger happening, um, lots and lots, again, this could I be the more a more synergistic uh, merger uh, between the two? Um, lots of similarities. So I think you'll see very uh, little change. I think what what you'll see um, be um, probably come even more to the front forefront um, is this greater spirit of pride that the organization has. You know, one of the things that um, it's funny when you get on these calls and we're still talking Sprint versus T-Mobile, at some point that'll all go away on all the T-Mobile. Um, but you have the Sprint folks on the call that'll say, you know, I'm like, when am I getting my t-shirt? When am I getting my swag? When am I getting my, I mean, they're so excited about being a part of this T-Mobile brand that I think it gives us, a, as, you know, um, legacy T-Mobile employees, um, you know, that even greater boost of pride that people not only um, are happy to join the family, but they're overly ecstatic and cannot wait to start wearing all the uh, magenta, magenta and black um, like we do day in mm -hmm. and day out. So I think it's going to be um, super, super excited. We, you know, a lot, a, a lot of focus on employee, a lot of um, focus uh, employee development a lot of um, trust and empathy, um, a lot of um, uh, 
you know, listening and, and, and um, supporting each other. Um, it has been an amazing ride um, over the last several months. Um, you, when you go through merges like this, it can be really dicey because you got people that have turfs and fiefdoms and that kind of stuff. And I have to tell you, Garrett, it has been an amazing, maybe it's, we've been doing this so long that it's, we've done this dance for so long that we've just kind of gotten used to each other. <laughs> um, over the last few months, it's been like, we've always been working together. And I mean, it's been so, so, so great. What I get excited about in my in, in this new role um, is that we actually get to focus. You know, before um, you know, now as a Fortune 40 country company, you got to get a little focus. You want to be you want to do good because you, you should do good um, as a um, as a big company, if you will. Um, but one of the things I'm really excited about with this work is to um, do work that actually accrues back to the brand. Um, we will still do a lot of the things um, that we've done in the past from a charitable giving perspective. But again, over the next few months, you'll see us begin to um, significantly focus. Um, one of the things that I'm super, super, super stoked about um, and I'm actively working on right now is our focus around um, students, particularly um, underserved students in a world where kids are now um, I take the LA school district as an example, completely working or going to school um, for home, from home rather for the first semester. Um, that puts a lot of taxing um, on home internet connectivity, access to the internet, um, even in the best of worlds, because you've got mom and dad um, and sister and brother all in the home working and schooling, if you will. Imagine that for kids that actually can't afford internet access. Right. So um, it's an even, I mean, so I'm super excited about um, something that we'll announce, announce in the next couple of weeks, um, our foray into supporting, um, making sure that students stay, have the access to and stay connected. We all know, I mean, I love this phrase that we've been using um, around our hello halls, that um, education is really the great equalizer um, when I think about equity and, and equality, um, access to the internet, in my opinion, equals access to opportunity. And so I love the idea that what we're gonna enable um, is for students not just to be able to do, um, do schoolwork um, at home, but actually begin to open up and unleash some of the creativity that, they, um, that they've got inside them, but don't really have the means and the access to be able to, um, to really explore it. We do a ton of stuff. Um, in the area of um, students, um, largely focused around underserved students, both um, in Legacy T-Mobile and in Legacy Sprint. Um, but we think about them very disparately and we don't think about them um, collectively. So one of the things I really get excited about, Garrett, is the opportunity to create programs around the work that we do today that we um, do, again, in isolation of each other. Um, but as we begin to roll them together in a more programmatic fashion, um, they begin to become part and parcel of language that you'll hear um, us talk about, not just in terms of products and services and revenue driving opportunities, but in terms of the good that we do in the world. And one of the first forays that you'll hear us talk a lot about um, is our foray, foray into the work uh, dealing with uh, underserved youth across the, the country, particularly, again, the underserved and in um, the more rural parts of, uh, of the country. That's awesome. So we've, we're, we're almost out of time for the audience members on the call today, like get your questions ready. Um, I, I, 
you know, as, as the 64th most respected global brand and as the company in, in amongst the big three that is known for having the best customer service, are there any partnerships that you guys are contemplating? Um, you know, partnership growth, it, it seems to be on the forefront of all of our minds, particularly, you know, advertising and marketing related. Are there any partnerships with other brands that you can share? Um, you'll see us lean um, more heavily into a lot of the partners that we already um, deal with today. Um, Netflix and Hulu become super, super important. Our relationship with Quibi um, is going to become even more important. I'm really excited about the foray um, that will start. I can't pretty, I don't want to preempt any announcements that will be made <laughs> pretty soon. Um, but just think in the world of um, our broadband um, uh, line of business that we're um, really kicking off the ground and, and various uh, content partners, um, the big ones that you might, uh, that might come to mind and spring to mind for you pretty quickly, um, being a part of that that mix. Um, so I think, again, I think as we, this world is, you know, working from home, schooling from home, living from home, um, uh, is creating quite the focus around the home. So I'm really excited and you can um, begin or be on the lookout for a lot more um, work that we'll be doing in the home broadband um, area, both in terms of um, services, um, as well as um, content partnerships. Um, that's probably the the, the biggest uh, in, in other um, news. We'll just lean more heavily again uh, into partnerships that we already have on the books again between Legacy T-Mobile and Legacy Sprint even harder to underscore um, the rate services and experiences that we already make available uh, to our customers that sometimes when we rest on our laurels, we forget to remind them of or um, to further exploit uh, from a, a, an awareness and visibility perspective. Right. We heard it, heard it here first, folks, uh, from, from the privacy of our own home offices, right? So I want to open it up to questions. I know we have a few of them. I know we only have time for, for maybe one or maybe two, but um, Dirk, you yeah. want to? Yeah, one quick question for you, Maurice, before we wrap up. I know you're obviously busy. Like, What's one thing that you learned or took from your career at AT&T that you brought over to T-Mobile? Um, collaboration is king. Um, I, I, I tell people all the time, I am probably the dumbest person in the room <laughs> most times when I'm on a call or in a room with someone. But what I am really smart about is putting the right people in the room. Um, and I, you know, the opportunity, the, the, the learning around how to leverage relationships across the organization, how to partner appropriately across the organization, no, understanding when to give and take, um, know who to rely on and when to rely or to call on rather and when to call on them. Super, super important. I underscore, underscore, underscore um, this idea around collaboration um, because it's huge. And, and I found it to be super, super um, important to my growth and development um, in my professional career for sure. That's great. Well, uh, special thanks again to Maurice and Garrett and to everybody that joined us today. Uh, join us next week uh, where we'll be hosting Lisa Sullivan Cross, head of growth marketing at Pinterest. Uh, please have any colleagues uh, RSVP uh, on our website if you think they'd be interested in, in attending this series. Thanks again and have a great rest of the day, everyone. Thanks, Maurice. Thanks, Dirk. Alrighty. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.